Check, check, mic check. Mic check, mic check. Welcome to Making Sense of Wealth with Andrew Whalen, your personal CFO. The show where we break down complex financial topics and market events into investor-friendly concepts so that you can make better informed decisions about your financial future. Because if it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. Welcome, everybody, to episode two of Making Sense of Wealth. My name is Andrew Whalen. I am the CEO and wealth advisor of Whalen Financial, a personal CFO company that provides wealth management and investment management services to consumers. The whole point of Making Sense of Wealth is to break down complex financial topics into user friendly formats so you can better understand what's going on with your money your wallet, and essentially anything that has a dollar sign in front of it. With the recent news of what's going on in the IPO space of 2019, I thought it would be timely for our second podcast to break down unicorn IPO and investments. And when I discuss unicorns, I'm not talking about the mystical creatures. So the technical definition of a unicorn is a privately held startup company that's valued at over $1 billion dollars. So this term was coined in 2013 by a venture capitalist, and he chose the mystical creature to represent the statistical rarity of such successful ventures. But it seems that instead of being a magical creature this year, those unicorn IPOs that may have come to the public market in 2019 may have led to a potential unicorn bubble that is bursting. Now, only the future is going to be able to tell with what happens to the direction of some of these companies. But what I wanted to point out today is that investors need to not only be semi-cautious in analyzing these, but also need to be proactive in understanding how they can impact your individual portfolios. So there's a lot of hype with regards to unicorns, whether that's in the ride-sharing sector, uh, the plant-based alternative meat sector, or even most recently the health space sector. And most importantly, where we want to look at is, are they going to live up to this hype? Are they going to live up to the extreme valuations? And uh, most importantly, they all need to prove themselves because most of these unicorn companies are pretty significant and they are in line with what we do on a daily basis. So it's pretty important that they succeed for the mass public as well as the end investor that could potentially be investing inside of them. So just a little bit of education how some of these unicorns form. So it all starts out with an idea. Typically an entrepreneur has an idea that develops into a product or service. And somewhere along those lines, a venture capital firm will then provide them either seed money or various rounds of financing. Now, when you look at, let's say the ride sharing sector, the whole point of the venture capital dollars was to increase the market share and drive what's called top-line revenue growth. And for those of you who do not know what top-line revenue growth means, that essentially just means sales. They're trying to grow sales. And the way they did that is by acquiring more and more market share. Unfortunately, that led to an increased cost to them, a cost that it's going to be very hard to dig themselves out of unless they can do some financial magic with their uh, accounting and their finances uh, with regards to expenses. But when they're in the private markets, a lot of people really didn't care about their path to uh, profitability as long as they were growing that top line sales number. 
until 2019. Once some of these companies listed on the exchange, whether that be in the ride-sharing sector or even most recently in the healthcare sector or health and fitness sector, Wall Street really started to care about the proof of profitability. How fast can you show us bottom line profit? It's great if you're growing top line revenue, but how long until we actually get to see some earnings out of it? And it's pretty evident by their performance, or I would say subpar performance so far this year, how Wall Street has really reacted to them. So they're trading at pretty extreme valuations. You know, even a billion dollar company prior to an IPO would have been something that was highly unusual, let's just say even a decade ago, but it's really normal now. Uh, now that they've gone public, uh, the biggest question I have is you have to prove yourself. Before we look at any kind of assets for our clients, obviously we want to make sure that those investments, whether they're in individual equities or bonds, are first suitable for the clients. Do they fit the overall risk profile? Do they fit the time horizon that our clients would want and need from those individual investments? And do they need that money or is the liquidity there uh, if they need to sell those in the future? So I would, I would urge everyone listening today, remove the hype and remove the emotions from looking at these things. I know a lot of these individual assets or individual stocks are on our phone and we use them on a daily basis. But we need to make sure that when we're putting our life savings or our hard-earned dollars into these based off of the hype, that we understand that there may be a potential timeline, a pretty significant timeline for a path to profitability. So there's a big difference when I try to tell people that ask me in my office, you know, should we look at potentially uh, this IPO or that IPO because you know a tremendous amount of people use uh, this app or this service. And I always ask them uh, uh, one very important question. I pose it to them. I say, there's a huge difference between a great idea and a profitable business. So to swing back to what I said a little bit earlier in this podcast, just because we use a ride-sharing app on a daily basis doesn't mean that it's a profitable business. And it wasn't until this year that Wall Street really started to care, where these companies were trading at these massive valuations. And you have to remember how it works, right? So these VCs go into these private companies and provide funding. Uh, the end game goal is to list that on the exchange typically. And the reason is, is because when they cash out or sell their shares in the public market, the VCs make their money if they sell. The owners make their money either through appreciation of net worth or through the sale of, sale of public shares. And the listing companies, the listing brokerage firms, typically make listing fees. And then at the end of the day, the average retail client is left holding the bag. And depending on which unicorn you're particularly looking at, you could be seeing a lot of red on your statement if you decided to take a gamble on the original IPO day. Not to mention the most recent debacle, which is that office sharing space sector, which did not have an IPO. And it's seen its potential valuation gone from a private company of close to about $50 billion to less than 10 Now, I know SoftBank just made an announcement yesterday on some type of potential deal that may even cash out the CEO at a much higher valuation um, than he may or may not deserve. But at the end of the day, you have to be able to separate a great idea from a profitable business, specifically when investing in U.S. equities or international equities, any type of equity vehicle. 
When you have some of these things, it's all about proving the path to profitability. We want to make sure that these companies, because they are taking up a significant amount of market share, that they are showing us a path to profitability and remove the hype. Do I believe that plant-based alternative meats are going to eliminate all meat products? Probably not. Uh, do they deserve some sort of market share? Absolutely. But at what type of valuation? And only time will tell on those certain sectors. But most importantly, just make sure when you are looking at some of these IPOs that you consult someone because even the, the listing process, typically a company goes on a roadshow and they garner interest in their shares prior to the IPO date. So that typically comes along with what's called a pitch deck. And most brokerage firms allow you to buy IPOs after it lists. Some actually even allocate some shares prior to the listing to select clients. And if you're not lucky enough to get on that list, then you typically purchase it after it IPOs as soon as it comes to the market. We actually watched a couple of these. I was on a couple of news programs discussing some of the recent IPOs on the dates of listing, whether that's the video conferencing sector or even the social media sector, which was uh, earlier this year with regards to uh, pin boards. So what we want to look forward to is some form of investor education. You have to educate yourself. So either working with a professional or making sure you dig into the details of looking at what their path to profitability is. And usually in all of their pitch decks, they'll have one statement, which is we do not see a viable path to profitability in the near future, or they will go on the opposite end of that spectrum and show some form of path to profitability. My whole thing is more on the hype train and what it can do to the overall equity markets, the confidence in the equity markets, or even the listing of the unicorns themselves. And I think it's a dangerous trek to, pat, uh, to, to go down when we have companies that are trading at extreme valuations in the private market, maybe waiting years to go public, and at the end of the day, disappoint investors when they IPO. So make sure you work with a professional to dig into the details to see if it even fits your risk profile and make sure that you remove the emotions from investing. What I try to tell clients is people who want to get rich quick typically stay poor forever. Remember, investing is a long-term game. You always have to make sure that what you're putting your money in is there for a specific purpose, both an entry and an exit, and that it fits your overall risk profile. So I just wanted to take a few minutes today and discuss the unicorn IPO market. It seems that potentially that bubble is burst. We'll see how the end of the year finishes out. But I also think that it's a lot on the private markets to make sure that they attract investors' dollars into these private companies at a reasonable pace uh, and set clear expectations for Wall Street on properly valuing these equities when they bring them to market. So we will look forward to talking to you the remainder of this month. We will have a couple of guests on over the next few weeks, so we look forward to picking their brains on their entrepreneurial path to success in their own industries, talking about some of their best and worst investments that they've ever made, what they did prior to working with a financial advisor, why that may be important to them as well as you to work with one. And we're looking forward to that. So again, uh, we're going to sign off episode two of Making Sense of Wealth. And remember, if it doesn't make dollars, it doesn't make sense. Have a great day. 
Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor. Member, FINRA, SIPC. Whalen Financial is a separate entity from LPL. This material is for general information only and is not intended to provide specific advice and recommendation for any individuals.